I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello, and welcome to VEASAN's Long Shots. This is the Wells Fargo edition. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin here with you. And fellas, we are back at full force here for a podcast. Also back to the elevated events, the Wells Fargo taking place over at Quail Hollow in Charlotte, North Carolina. We got a big old prize pool, which means that we have a big star-studded field. But Wes, the first thing that people will notice as they go to the odds board is at the very top, the two names that have been sitting there forever are not there. They are allowed to skip about one of these elevated events every year. And Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm both have decided to go ahead and miss out on this one. So it is just Rory McIlroy sitting at mm-hmm. the top of the odds board. Yeah, Rom fulfilled his uh, title defense obligation down in Mexico last week. And then Scotty Scheffler, you got to think Dallas native, or lives in Dallas rather, going to play in the Byron Nelson last week. So elected to forego this event. So we have Rory McIlroy at the top of the leaderboard here. And a three-time winner, by the way, here at Quail Hollow. Go all the way back to 2010. Uh, not his first worldwide win, but his first win in America came right here at Quail Hollow in 2010. And I'm looking, you know, I always put the past prices and past winners of these events, usually for the last decade to 12 years. And Rory McIlroy was a good 66 to 1 to win the, well, <laughs> the, I think it was then known as the Wachovia Championship uh, here at Quail Hollow, now Wells Fargo sponsors. So uh, about one-tenth of that price this week. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, one of the things you and I talked about just a little bit when I was filling in this week on a numbers game was just the fact that we need to be wary of tournament history here as opposed to course history. A couple of different times over the last decade, this tournament has not been played at this course. They were prepping it for various other tournaments, and so it was played elsewhere. So just be sure that if you just dialed up nothing but tournament history, you might be getting some numbers that are a little bit skewed from actually being at Quail Hollow. Yeah, you had uh, last year, right, this this event played at uh, TPC Potomac because they played the President's Cup at Quail Hollow 2020. No event because of COVID 2017. They played the PGA Championship. So, yeah, absolutely 
Uh, if you're looking at any of that kind of stuff, make sure you're looking at correct course, uh, correct year, all that kind of stuff important when you're looking at course history. For this yeah, time. for me, I think I just simplified it and just didn't look back further than 2018. Like I just kind of like, I didn't I, I, much either, yeah. yeah, like I just went back to 2018 and just kind of left it at that considering things got a little bit wonky. And honestly, since 2018, golf has basically morphed into a different game at this point too. So I just kind of left it at that. Wes, you uh, do a great write-up of everything over at Beeson.com, but let's do a quick rundown of the course over there. Yeah, and you guys mentioned not looking back past too far from 2018, and that's probably a good reason why, because in 2017, this was actually renovated because they had the PGA Championship here won by uh, Justin Thomas. So that's why they played at Eagle Point that year. That was the year Brian Harmon won. So Quail Hollow, uh, par 71, 75-21, par 72 for the members, but par 71 for the tournament this week. Uh, Actually, 75-38 is the updated yardage. Fourth longest on the PGA Tour, by the way, and plays as the fourth toughest. I think the average round was uh, was 72.05, so just over a stroke over par. Aside from the par fives, you got four par fours at 490 or longer. Fairways, you know, average width, maybe a little bit more on the narrow side as opposed, uh, you know, when you compare to tour average. Bermuda and Rye overseed pretty much throughout the fairways and the rough, and then Bermuda with uh, Poa overseed. Uh, on the greens here so they did change the green surfaces uh, back then with the with the renovation so if you're looking for similar greens Sedgefield TPC Southwind Country Club of Jackson where they have the Sanderson Farms very similar greens are running about a little over 12 on the stamp uh, 6,500 plus square feet so relatively on the larger side but you've got an interesting sequence you know we talk about like the the bear trap uh in in the event in tampa well this one is known as the green mile uh 16 through 18 and averages about a quarter stroke over par signature hole is the par 317th where you got to hit a tee shot over the pond and then it's protected by bunkers on both sides of the green so not an easy par three toward the end of your round uh in terms of course correlations even though this is a tom uh, fazio design not a lot of Fazio really in terms of correlations here. So I thought the most compar- comparable ones, uh, when you look at players that have won here and that have succeeded here, Torrey Pine South, Bay Hill, Muirfield, Riviera, maybe a little bit of Wingfoot, Southern Hills, Beth Page, a lot of classical golf courses because this is a classical tree line design here at Quail Hollow. Not the easiest course. Certainly a course you can score on a little bit. I believe uh 2021 Rory won here at 10 under par, but you've seen mid teens here before. I think Rory actually in 2015 went 21 under par when he was a seven to two favorite, when he was legitimately the best player in the world. And there was not a lot of discussion about it, but uh, you know, you got to be a little bit long here. I think you got to be a little bit long off the tee par 71. That's over 7,500 yards. Kelly, we take a look and, you know, if they're playing the President's Cup and they're playing the PGA Championship, things like that, this is a this is a big boy golf course. Uh, Wes mentioned it's over 7,500 yards. So this is not one of the you know lowest scoring events that we're going to run across. Now, we have seen Max Homa, uh, you know, is is one of those guys that did get it done, you know, at, at 15. But like Rory is at 10. Jason Day was at 12. I'm kind of kind of looking at this to be like low double digit type scoring chances here for me. That's how I'm going to be looking at this uh, at this. And so I'm you know, that was one of the things that kind of came into play for me. And so when you look at these odds boards, I think that it's a little bit interesting with out Rom and without 
Scheffler in this thing. Rory sitting seven to one, but now you get these guys that, you know, we'll talk about this, I guess, as we get into our card, but guys that I feel like could win anyway, even if Scheffler and and Rom are in the tournament, but now we're getting them at like drastically reduced odds because they're not in the tournament. So it's like Cantlay's 12, Finau's 14, Xander's 16, Hovland's 18, Spieth is 18, Cam Young is 18. These are all the odds over at DraftKings right now where we were getting all these guys, Cantlay more like 14, 15, Tony Finau more like 18, Hovland was in the 20s, same thing with Spieth, and certainly Cam Young in the 20s. So I, while I do think that it opens it up a little bit that we don't have Rom and Scheffler, with both of them being out, it's like it really kind of hacked into the odds on some of these guys mm-hmm. that we that we were getting, you know, at, at, at juicier numbers. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's well said. I, I had a hard time in actually, you know, frankly, I've just I, I think I've had an overall difficult time this entire season with these elevated events so far, just kind of figuring out, uh, you know, where to go with some of the bets. But um, yeah, to to what you just talked about, Matt, it's the. I mean, you got a bunch of guys in the teens now that, yeah, you would want mid, tw- you, you'd yeah. really want mid 20s or, you know, or closer to 30 if you were going to bet on. And, uh, yeah, we'll get to when we get to my betting card. I, I think there's, I think there's some value I, I, I like outside of the outright market, but man, the outright market is really, I think it's really difficult this it's week. It's super short. Uh, listen, listen, guys, I've got some plays, but it's super short for me this week. Like, I am exploring the other markets as well, Kelly, and it's just, I, I wish one of the guys was out, but not both, because it really just destroyed the odds yeah. on uh, on a lot of these guys, and that is uh, it's kind of brutal for us from a from a betting standpoint. I, so we'll. Uh, we'll I see. just think this is Matt. I just think this is the perfect event to bring up win equity again, right? Where it's just so many of these guys, and it's just so many of these guys don't win enough, man. Like I like I love Xander <laughs> Shoffley. I, I love a Xander Shoffley top twenty bet. I love this week. I'm, I can't bet him at 16 to one in this kind of field. The guy doesn't win. Like, yeah. I mean, Victor Hovland is probably the same way. Like I, it's just, I, that's where I was struggling a bunch with this week. It's like, there's a lot of guys I'd love to bet. Like they just don't win enough. They don't right. win enough in, the, in this market. I'm, I'm with you. Um, Wes, we'll get to our cards here just a little bit, but let's talk about like what we did go in as we were trying to figure out how we were going to narrow down this field. What were some of the stats that that mattered to you? You already mentioned that length was going to be necessary mm-hmm. here, at least in your opinion. Same thing with me. Length played a big role in the way that I looked at this as well this week. Yeah, and and look, I, I did use approach here because mm-hmm. uh, Quill Hollow, I believe, 11 toughest to gain strokes on approach. Uh, the GIR rate is a lot lower. Tour average is like 66%. This is like 61 So I did use approach here, but I went pretty heavy, a little bit of a combo platter with driving distance gained and also stroke gained off the tee. Even though this rough is not all that penal, about two inches, this is tree line. So you're going to hit some of your tee shots in the trees and you're going to have awkward angles into these greens. So I used a little strokes gain off the tee proximity, uh, 200 plus and also 175 plus. If you go to the 175, I think it's like a little bit over 50% in terms of what your approach shots are going to be in that yard range. And then it goes down to like a little over 30% for 200 plus. So I use both there. Uh, strokes gained par four. This was really small, 450 to 500. Six of the 11 measure that. Some even measure on the longer side. And it, I think there's a couple that are like 490 plus here. Uh, scrambling gained. And this was something I found that was interesting. And you talked about only looking back to 2018. Last three winners here at Quail Hollow. So that's McElroy in 2021, 
Homa in 2019 and Jason Day in 2018 were first, second, and second during their winning weeks for scrambling. Mm -hmm. So I thought scrambling was appropriate to look at. Bogey avoidance, uh, a lot tougher here at Quail Hollow than it is at other courses. So I looked at that. And then I, I did putting a little bit because putting so, so has such variance. So it's really hard. You just got to get the, the right guy on the right week. But McElroy was third when he won here uh, in 2021 for putting. Homa was first. Day was second. So, you know, you're kind of, I mean, you're, you're guessing here in terms mm-hmm. of who's going to putt. But I still think it's worth looking at. And then uh, three putt avoidance. Three putt rate is about a little under 4% here. That's one of the highest on tour. So I thought three putt avoidance was something certainly worth looking at. Yeah, a lot of the same for me this week there, Wes. I'm, you know, I'm off the tee. I'm distance. I did look at some of the approach shots from 175 to 200 and then 200 or more. Uh, I did also around the green and scrambling just to kind of mix the two up a little bit to kind of see if there's anybody who really either stood out or was exceptionally bad in, in both of those categories, which could at least eliminate them from the field for me. And then you know, look, there's not going to be a ton of scoring in my opinion on this one. And so I didn't really go all that big down the rabbit hole as far as the scoring stats too much for me. I did do three putt avoidance because this course historically has had a higher three putt rate than a lot of the other courses on tour. So I did do a little bit of that, but that's kind of about it for me. What about you, Kelly? Yeah, no, a lot of the same stuff you guys mentioned. I, pretty much everything you guys mentioned. Off the tee, driving distance, approach, uh, just kind of greens and regulation and an opportunities game at a smaller percentage just because we're dealing with we're dealing with bigger greens. We want to get closer to the pin as possible. Proximity distances you guys mentioned as well, 175 to 200 plus. Um, scrambling around the green, looked at, uh, factored in a little bit. Par 4 is 450 to 500. I still looked at... Um, I still plugged in par fives, mm-hmm. uh, stroke gain par fives. And we're only got three of them, but they're so, I, as you were talking about before, Matt, I, th- I think this is going to be a tough course to score on this week. It's gotten harder and harder, uh, you know, almost every year, it seems like. And there's so few holes to really capitalize on that I think scoring, like we're getting birdies on those par fives, and it's a big percentage. I think it's over 30% uh, birdie or better percentage on those par fives. Uh, at this course, but still, I, I didn't want to capitalize on guys that are going to be able to to score on those holes. Now, obviously, if we're looking at guys that are longer off the tee, they should do weather, better uh, on par fives anyway. So a lot of the, a lot of that kind of correlates. Um, yes, three putt avoidance I looked at uh, as well. It looks like we were all factoring that one in, and yeah, pretty much everything else you guys covered. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see where we kind of where we ended up from an outright play standpoint, because it looks like we plugged a good bit of the same stuff yeah. in, yeah. but I do wonder if just where we, where we decided the value was or where we decided to kind of suck it up and play a number that we hated. I, I think it's going to be an interesting week from that standpoint. Of course, we will get to that a little bit later in the podcast here, but before we do that, of course, we got to go around the world with Wes Reynolds. And this week we go to Italy for the Italian Open. By the way, Pablo Larafable, 80 to 1 wins the Korea Championship. Uh, had the 54 hole leader. That was Robert McIntyre. He did not get anything going. Actually started with two bogeys, and that kind of set him back. He ended up, I think, T7. And McIntyre, by the way, the defending champion, won the playoff over Matt Fitzpatrick here at the Italian Open, which. Uh, uh, it's a venue we're going to see later in the year. It is Marco Simone Golf and Country Club, uh, uh, just 10 miles outside of Rome City Center. And this is where the Ryder Cup is going to be uh, later this fall. So 
you don't re- you're not really getting a lot of the the normal big guns. You're getting a lot of the periphery guys that might mm-hmm. be on that team that are kind of been like the DP World Tour regulars this year, like the Hoyguards and Robert McIntyre, Victor Perez, Adrian Moronk, you know, because there's going to be a few spots at that back end that I think, you know, you're going to have some rookies for Captain Luke mm-hmm. Donald. So uh, Marco Simone Golf Club has hosted this last two years. It's uh, par 71, 72, 55. Uh, uh, really nice course uh, designed by uh, Jim Fazio and David Mezzacani. Uh, McIntyre won last year at 50 to 1. Nikolai Hoygaard actually won here in 2021. And those are the top two guys on the odds board. Hoygaard coming back from stateside, uh, played several weeks there on the PGA Tour. Now going back to the DP. I did not play either of those, but I did not go too far under. Uh, Adrian Moronk at 20 to 1. Runner up here, actually, to Nikolai Hoygaard two years ago. Did miss the cut last year, but he was in kind of a bad stretch. Uh, was on the first page of the leaderboard, actually, last Sunday in Korea, but never got it going in the final round. Ended up T21, but he was second in strokes gained off the tee, and Moronk usually pretty good for SGOTT. He's one of those guys kind of in the mix for those, like, bottom back end of the team Ryder Cup spots. And what a better way to make an impression than a win here. So Moronk, 20 to 1. Chorborn Olsen, another guy in the same bolt, 33 to 1. Had him in Thailand earlier this year. He's got two victories and two runner-ups, actually, for his career in Italy, including winning here at the Italian Open five years ago in 2018. That really launched his uh, one Ryder Cup appearance later that year. Uh, number one for total strokes gain, number three for approach, number three for T to green, number five in GIR on the DP World Tour. So Olsen, 33 to one. Jorge Campillo at 35 to one. Last four starts on the DP World Tour, fourth, first, ninth, and third. And now heads to this Italian Open where he has seventh and ninth place finishes and was ninth here last year. So I think the Spaniard can go really well. He's been very consistent uh, over the last uh, several months. Uh, Audrey Arnos. Not as consistent, but not too far removed from good form at 45 to 1. He's missed the last two cuts, but was second three starts ago, was sixth at Ross Alkaima, 13th in Dubai at the Dubai Desert Classic, ninth at the year ending DP World Tour Championship. So he's not that far removed. Uh, second here on debut in 2021 after 36 holes before he finished 12th. Also won a couple times on the Alps Tour, which is kind of one of the minor tours over in Europe, but a lot of golf has played in Italy. So he's got both of those wins in the uh, in this nation so i think he could go well scott jameson another guy who was in contention last week in korea 70 to 1 t3 short game was excellent third for around the green eight for putting eighth on debut here in 2021 and then was 16th there last year and then i'll close it off with andy sullivan 100 to 1 he was the first round leader two weeks ago in japan Top 10 last week in Korea, despite the fact he shot a 75 on Friday in the second round, they pretty much took him out of contention to at least win. Six T25s are better in his last 12 starts on the DP World Tour. So that is my six for Italy. What was that uh, tour? The Alps Tour? Let me, the let me Alps get on, Tour. Let, let me it's get called, in on that. The yeah, Alps Tour, on. yes. Uh, uh, yeah, they play a lot of it in Italy. The golf? That, that's what happens? Uh, you probably play some really beautiful golf courses <laughs> over yeah, there, really actually. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's what we should be. That, that's what we should be doing, right? I mean, let's, I let's do take pot on the road. Yeah, we're taking the pot <laughs> on the road, and we're uh, we're going to the Alps tour. That's the Alps. I know, let's, let's get the road show for the uh, European Masters over there in Switzerland, just uh, with yeah. the Swiss Alps right in the background. <laughs> I love it. We'll take the uh, we'll take the Vison jet, and then uh, yeah. yeah, and then we'll just come on. Yeah, and then we'll we'll come on back for this. 
Uh, guys, again, Wes is right up over on VEASAN.com. Be sure and head over there. If you're not already a subscriber, $9.99 can get you a limited trial over there to check things out. And then for there, you can decide if you want to go ahead and, and re-up on a monthly or annual subscription program. So do appreciate you guys going and checking that stuff out. Also, while we're here, if you want to hit the pause button right before we get to our picks on the other side here, go down. Five-star review is always appreciated and a little bit of a comment in there certainly helps as well helps us climb up those charts and helps people find this here very podcast so we do appreciate the support takes you about five seconds and it's absolutely free so do appreciate that we'll be back after this quick message and we'll get to our betting cards enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm signing up and playing is so easy simply sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matter more than ever place your money line prop and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Back on Beeson's Long Shots, Matt Kelly and Wes. And here is what you all are waiting for. Get to our betting cards here. And, and guys, before we do that, I guess I want to I want to ask a just a broad, overreaching question here, which is how are we handling Rory McElroy this weekend at seven to one to win the thing? I am I understand the course history here. I understand that if we're talking about just on paper, is he the best golfer in the field? The answer is likely yes. I'm not convinced that the answer is yes right now with how he's playing and his mental state and all of that. I'm, we're recording this on Tuesday as we normally do. We haven't been able to hear from Rory yet. The one thing about Rory, uh, Kelly, is he's pretty damn honest. Like Rory will yeah. tell you, he'll get up on the podium and he'll kind of be like, yeah, man, those things just aren't feeling right right now. Like whatever, like he, he is like one of the dudes that lets you know, like I'm either dialed in or I'm not feeling it. So... I don't know. I'm uh, I, based off of kind of what we've seen from him lately. I'm go, I'm leaning more towards the he's not feeling it right now thing. I know there's going to be a lot of obligations there too because now, without Rory, I mean without Rom and without Scheffler, like taking all the media, some at least some of the media attention away from him. Now all the damn media attention is going to be on him, and so I don't, I don't know. I I think he is a fade for me this week unless he basically convinces me otherwise. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to be a fade for me. Um, I didn't bet. I didn't make any bets against him, but I, there, no interest in betting on him this week. I, I'm. I'm with you. I think it's. Uh, 
you're talking two missed cuts in a row now, Masters players. Um, going back to the API, uh, well, he's only played a few events here, but API finished sec- second at uh, before that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much he's in his own head. You know, he had those those comments about you know trying to trying to be the the tour ambassador a little bit too much and not being able to focus on his game enough. I guess I would expect as we're getting closer to a major here in these elevated events, we're going to see a kind of renewed refresh. Rory McIlroy at a course he's very comfortable playing at. We know that he's had basically a month off. Uh, so, you know, hopefully he has been working on his game. So I, I don't know if I'm going to go and fade him, Matt, but he, he, I mean, he's not a bet on for me in, in, in any way, um, you know, in matchups or anything like that as well. Um, and I'm going to kick this over. I want to kick this over to Wes and then add on because I think the guy below him on the odds board is interesting too with Patrick Cantlay. And we teased this this morning on a numbers game, Matt, so we got to get to it. Wes, Patrick Cantlay, caddy change. How much does it mean? Is it, is that a good thing or a bad thing right now in this in the, for this event this week with how good he's been playing? Yeah, Patrick Cantlay has been with Matt Minster for for years, and uh, all of a sudden it got reported. I think it was Todd Lewis of the uh, Golf Channel that Joe Lacaba, who is now the uh, or was the caddy for Tiger Woods, that that and he's filled in before for some guys, including Patrick Cantlay, but. Uh, uh, Rev Minister out and Joe LaCava in, and apparently this is a permanent change. As we know that Tiger's not playing a lot, mm-hmm. you know he's playing two, three events a year tops. At least that's what he's been doing for the last couple years. So you know Joe LaCava, who was who was with DJ, he's been with a lot of guys that have won out here. He's uh, you know very well respected caddy, been with a lot of winning players. Is now with Patrick Cantlay, uh, but. Cantlay had been with Minister pretty much almost his entire professional career on the PGA Tour. So, you know, uh, a big caddy switch. It hasn't paid dividends yet in terms of a win, but you could see Cameron Young, who picked up Paul Tesori from Webb Simpson. That can often have a change. We know what happened with Ted Scott moving on from Bubba Watson to Scotty Scheffler. So we'll see if that materializes. And uh, just back to Rory really quickly. If you look in the market, and, and every book has different matchups, but if you look mainly on like the uh, your Don Best screen or your screen of choice that shows matchups, Rory pretty much uh, matched up against either Patrick Cantlay or Xander Shoffley. And Rory's actually getting faded in both of those matchups yeah. this week uh, for a favorite. And you usually don't see that. I think he opened like 160 against Cantlay. Now I'm seeing 140 pretty much market average. He opened 195 against Xander. And now I'm seeing about 165, 170. So not huge moves, but nevertheless, uh, uh, Rory getting faded a little bit in the matchup market. Yeah, the, the Cantlay one was one that I was considering playing uh, against him. I'm really high on, on Cantlay this week, but I think the, the caddy change is kind of in my head. Like, I, you know, I think it's, I, I would think yeah. it's not going to negatively affect him too much, but man, the way that but guy's it, but been it cruising. Takes, it takes a couple weeks. I, yeah, I mean, you, that's you what would I would think. think. Yeah, that's what I would but then think. Then again, I, th- I thought that for Cameron Young, too, at the, at the Dell match play, and he ended up finishing runner-up, so... Yeah, this is a this is a big change though because you know maybe maybe you know when a guy doesn't win uh, and he just kind of plays okay but doesn't play up to his standards, you get a caddy change. But this one was kind of surprising. I did yeah. not see this one coming. 
Yeah, I think that also is probably fairly telling, too, of where Tiger thinks his career is at. Yes, yes. Where if he's willing to kind of give up his caddy and kind of like, hey, man, you should go make a living. Like, you know, right. like, you, you you should go make a living. Like, I think because that's kind of Because he could put him telling. on retainer. But I think, yeah. you know, Joe Lagava wants to be on the bag, and, yeah. and that's what he wants to do. And you're only going to get a couple events with Tiger every single year. So uh, go with the top player, and certainly Patrick Cantlay qualifies as that. Yeah, I also think it would be like I think we would read into this differently if it was Justin Thomas, right? Where it's like we right. know Tiger and JT are BFFs, right? Yeah. And it's like I don't, I don't how how often do we ever see Patrick Cantley and Tiger like communicating or hanging out? Or you know, I don't know if Patrick Cantley talks to anybody, so you know, <laughs> he is the Ice Man. <laughs> I'm going to throw out some names, and if you guys have bets on these names, let's go ahead and do this a little bit differently than normal. But this let's is a little, right. but this is a different. This is a different tournament than normal, and so I, I kind of want to, to throw it out here. But how are we? You, you mentioned Justin Thomas. How how are we treating Justin Thomas this week? I mean, the odds had drifted a lot further on Thomas whenever. Rom and Scheffler were in a field. Now we're back down to those low 20s. It was so intriguing for us when it got up to like 28, 29. I think it even hit 30 maybe at one of the books with Justin Thomas. And now back down to 22 over at DraftKings. How are we treating Justin Thomas this week? Uh, I ultimately stayed away but got close. I, 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 will, I will Quick tease, I have one whole outright bet. That's it. One. One mm. outright bet. Justin Thomas is a guy I almost talked myself into. He, he he ended up he ended up fairly high still on all my modeling. You know, even despite some struggles, I guess from JT here of recent. So um, I was kind of impressed by that. And again, I was raging earlier about win equity. At least we know he could win. So that that was I did get pretty close to betting him. But at, for right now, I have not. But I was really looking forward to you two talking me into a bet. So we'll, we'll, I'll pitch well, this over to Wes. Hopefully he well, can do that. Well, this is a gut play for me because he didn't like pop on a lot of model stuff necessarily for me. But he, he didn't get a lot of the the shortening that some of the other guys got because we talked about how mm -hmm. so much of like this mush of players, you know, this mix of players are all like the same price. Justin Thomas, it didn't seem like he saw a big adjustment at 25. And it's because, look, he only has one top 10 or, or two top 10s and one top five and nine events this year. But if you look, the play statistically hasn't been totally horrible. He's seventh in T to green over the last 36 rounds uh, amongst this elite field. It's been the putting that has just been bad for him. But I think maybe this is a place where you can get right. Keep in mind, we mentioned the President's Cup was played here last fall. JT was four and one in his matches. So maybe this is a spot to get right. Uh, obviously, this is where he won his first major at uh, Quail Hollow in 2017 for the PGA. Has not won since last year's PGA at Southern Hill. So I'm going with like a gut here. And I did play JT at 25 to one. Interesting. I took a matchup against him. I took Sung Jay over him. Um, I think Sung Jay is the perfect kind of guy to play against Justin Thomas just because Sung Jay just shows up in top 15s every event every that he plays in. And Justin Thomas's range of outcomes, I think, is pretty wide. And so I think a steady Eddie guy like a like a Sung Jay puts me on the right side of that matchup more times than not. Now I might get blown away in the matchup yeah. if I get peak Justin Thomas, and that's okay. I'm I'm okay with that, but it's one of those deals where I'm going to get a pretty damn solid performance out of Sung Jay no matter what, and Justin Thomas might win the tournament, and I might lose that matchup, but I think he's just as likely to finish T45 or something than he is 
anything else. So that's kind of how I went about it. And like we say, I mean, look for different matchups. Like I'm Mm -hmm. just looking at the general screen here. And Thomas was paired up against Spieth. Not really a lot of movement in that matchup. But he was paired against Max Homa, and Justin Thomas is getting some backing in this market against Max Homa, who is a former winner here. Won at 500 to 1, by the way. So, you know, good luck ever finding that again. Uh, I, I mean, that because he was just a different player yeah. back then and then just kind of came out of nowhere. But yeah, yeah, look around for these matchups because not everybody has the same ones up. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those weird JT's just got a weird stat profile on the year. It's just a very weird deal. He's he's very inaccurate off the tee. He's 115th in the world right now in 2023. Yeah. With his driving accuracy, his putting's been terrible too. 204th in the world in three putt avoidance. Like like nice. 204th in 2023 in three putt avoidance but but then like you said Wes then you look at some of these other stats and like Tita Green he's you know eighth in, in 2023 right I mean it's just a very weird stat profile from him where we think about who pures his irons better than anybody you know in the world like these long approaches though 200 225 yards he's 137th in the, you know in 2023 in the field there's just a lot of weird stuff going on with with JT right now and so I hope he has obviously golf is just better when he's good. So I hope he figures this all out, but I guess until I, until I see it, I'm going to go ahead and and fade him a little bit. Strokes gang putting 152nd in the world uh, in 2023 as well. Another name I want to throw out here to you guys for some general discussion, because it is somebody that is going to continue to come up and mainly because of just where he falls on the odds board. It's, it's very, it's just an odd it's just an odd odds range for Tony Finau and Xander Schauffele, right? Like the 14 and 16 that we're getting on them. We have just been getting longer odds on these guys. The win equity, obviously, for Finau is 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 there now. I mean, the last 18 months, he's won five times, right? Xander Schauffele, that can't be said for him. I have no plays one way or the other on any of these guys. I don't have any head-to-heads against them. I don't have them any, in any placement markets, and I don't have any outrights on either one of them. Wes, do you have... Finau or Xander on your card and and if not or if so what was what went into that thought process no I don't I have Finau on my card for the PGA championship Uh I bet him over the weekend at 33 to 1 I still think he's like 28 ish or very high 20s you might be able to find a 30 out there but uh that that was a guy and look I know he beat it downfield last week but He's his numbers have been good all year. He's mm-hmm. been very consistent. And and I think maybe the PGA could be a spot up at Oak Hill where he where he can come through. Uh, obviously, is one of the better players not to win a major. So I did put him for the PGA, but he and Xander just were a little too short for me here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have trouble with Xander. I used to bet him at 25 to one all the time and get disappointed there at the end. He could certainly win. He was uh, right th- you know, not too far from the mix at the RBC just a couple weeks ago. And then obviously he and Cantlay, I think, played pretty solid in New Orleans, despite the fact they didn't win in defense of their title at the Zurich. But nothing for me on these guys this week. Yeah, nothing for me on Finau. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it is, I don't know if we talk about this enough, but the guy, the, the week after the guy wins, I don't want to say I automatically dismiss him, but there's usually enough right. reasons that I can come up with to go a different direction. So he's another guy that I don't have any bets against him, but I but I'm not really. It was very easy for me to move on from Fida. I think that, that this is where it's tough because we talked about that odds range, Matt, and, and where these guys, you know, these guys are in the teens or used to being in the mid twenties, something like that. But like Rory Cantlay and Finau 
I've kind of got questions about all three of them this week, even though I think there's a good chance that the winner comes from someone in someone uh-huh. in those three. I just don't know who. Um, Xander Shoffley, I, I, I have bet a bunch this year, barely, barely anything though in the outright market. Um, I do have a rather large top 20 bet on him this week. I, I don't know that this is the, you know, perfect course for him that he's not, he's not exactly a bomber off the mm-hmm. tee, uh, but at least middle, you know, mid range, at least for driving distance. I, I mean, and what he's done this year, it, it, I mean, it's incredible. Fourth, fourth RBC heritage, 10th of the masters, 19th of the players, 39th of API, 33rd of Genesis, 10th of the waste management Phoenix open 13th of the farmers. I, I mean, he has been one of the most consistent players on tour here in 2023. So top 20, I went pretty heavy with him on. Kelly, you only have one outright, so go ahead, spill the beans, buddy. Yeah, I don't think uh, I. I will bet. I will bet every dollar that I have in this turn, they invest in this tournament. That you have the same guy on your card, Matt Brown, Sammy Burns, thirty-three to one is my single outright this week. Um, I don't know about you guys. I think I'm cheating because I know Wes has him on his card too. Um, I thought I was going to get a better number on Sam because we've yeah. been seeing these longer numbers drift. Uh, I thought I was going to be really clever and get a really long number on Sam Burns, who has, uh, look, he's been heating up here. He's been, he's been heating up. Game's getting a little better. We're talking about a 15th of the RBC Heritage, 29th of the Masters, 6th of the Valspar. Uh, the guy's making some putts. Uh, I think he's finally rounding into form that we would kind of see drift earlier in the year. Uh, I wish I was able to find a better than 33 to one number on him. Maybe, maybe you could have on the opening openers, but, uh, but I didn't. So Sammy Burns, I did play an outright in the top 20 on do like him this week. We always talk about Bermuda Burns. We're putting on Bermuda this week. Um, yeah, man, I, I I like, I like his fit there uh, fit here this week. Yeah, I I did as well. And and it was more of a deal when I, I took a look here. It's, it's yes, he's heating up. Yes. All that. But honestly, just if we're talking, if, we, if we're talking win equity again in a field like this, yes, this is just like, hey, open the door for a dude that can that can have a, a two. He has two like mid sixties rounds in him. It seems like at all at any given point, and that's always going to keep him in contention. And now he doesn't have to deal with with Rom. He doesn't have to deal with Scotty Scheffler and stuff. So just yeah, that number seemed given this field a little bit too long. And, and Wes, I, I guess he tipped your hand. You have uh, you have yes. old Sammy as well. Yeah, make it three for three here. And and you look, you feel like he should be better here. And, th- and that's why I ended up betting him, because I feel like he fits the profile. Big hitter off the tee, uh, obviously a guy that can really putt. He's second over the last 36 rounds overall in terms of strokes gain putting. One of the things maybe that's going to turn people off is he was 0-3-2 and two in his matches uh, last fall here at the President's Cup. But I think that's an outlier. I mean, when a guy is that young, has only played a couple times here, I don't think you could say, oh, he's bad here necessarily. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I did play Sam Burns at 33-1 to this week. I, I do think, though, for the those same kind of arguments that you just brought up, uh, Matt, like I – if someone told me they wanted to bet Justin Thomas at 22 to one for a lot of the same reasoning, I would be completely okay with it. Like, I don't, he is not, I, he is not someone I think that, that, that scales really bad, bad here. He did, it was not like he was really, uh, you know, really poor in my modeling rankings or anything like that. And like we're talking about amongst a field of a bunch of guys that don't have that many wins on their resume, he does. So it, it's, it, it was a lot of that reasoning of why I bet Sam Burns, but if someone was going to tell me they wanted to bet Justin Thomas at 22 for a lot of the same reasons, I would be on board. Yeah, I, I guess like I just 
because of what I've seen with my own eyes just recently, a lot of, I did put a lot of emphasis specifically on JT from a re, like more of the recent model stuff. Yeah, he was outside of the top like sixteen to eighteen on every single one of those that I ran, and obviously the odds don't dictate that for him really here, like it presenting any sort of value whatsoever. And so, yeah, I I couldn't I couldn't get there. This is another thing I think. So I only have three outrights. I, I only have three other outrights outside of Sam Burns. I think this is kind of this isn't really a, a lesson for people out there, but I think it's just something that it took me a while to really get around to and stuff is, you know, different tournaments are going to present different value in my opinion, anyway, like different values on different players. And, you know, once we factor in like hold percentages and factor in all these different other things, like it's a, a tournament like this. with so a lot of these odds, I think is going to be tough to kind of scrape out a profit some of the time. And so firing, you know, not as much on the outright type stuff and maybe just playing these alternate markets and, things like that might be the way to, to approach some of these sometimes. And so I, I'm not saying that that necessarily is this tournament, but it's certainly something that uh, I had to look at. The next guy on my card is Jason day, 29 to one. He was very high in just about every single thing that I ran. I backed that up with the top 10 on him at plus two seventy. Um, Jason day long enough off the tee. Of course we know when he is right, he checks all the boxes of everything that we were talking about. I'm assuming he's still right. At any given time, we might find out that he's dealing with some sort of injury. When that does happen, we'll know to jump off of the bandwagon here and and start backing somebody else. But until I get that, that he is not right, I went ahead with Jason Day at 29 to 1. And again, back that up with a with a top 10 on him as well. Matt Fitzpatrick at 31 to 1. Um, another guy that I tweak the model just here and there a little bit. Certainly after, if you look at more recent stuff after this whole injury thing, he has just been lighting it up. He's just been absolutely on fire. So I'm just going to try to ride this hot streak with him. I actually took Fitzpatrick over McElroy to match up as well at plus 165. Um, and then backed it up also with the top 20 at plus 135 on Matt Fitzpatrick as well. And finally, Roy, Roy, uh, Ricky Fowler. I mean, look, 41 to one. Ricky, a top 20 also at plus 175, and I also have a minus 125 with Ricky over Tom Kim. Uh, we, we said we like Tom Kim on the shorter kind of target-based courses. This is a super long course that I think he might actually have a little bit of trouble with in this one, and certainly Ricky we know is 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 really good here, has some course history, and certainly is, uh, is long enough to do this. At 41 to 1, if there was ever going to be a breakthrough moment where there's no Rom, there's no Scotty, maybe Rory's game is just not on point, Maybe this could be where Rory could finally actually, I mean, Ricky could actually finally break through. But again, like I said, also have a top 20 and then also have a matchup with him. I have Rory no top 10 at minus 120 as well. I have Jordan Spieth top 20 plus 105. Uh, Sung Jay, as I mentioned, over Jonathan, uh, over uh, over Justin Thomas, also a top 10 on Sung Jay at plus 230. Sung Jay's win equity isn't all that great, but yeah. like he just goes out and just like finishes high in all these tournaments over and over and over again. So that's kind of the the extent of my card right now. I don't have any first-round leader stuff in the account quite yet. If I wanted to hedge my positions, Rory, Rory first-round leader is like 21 or 22 to 1. So it's like I could almost like cover all the losses if Rory came out on fire and won first-round leader or something like that. So, I mean, I don't know. That's always at least in the in the back of my mind here with all of that. Or you but I don't, I don't, all, bro. You yeah, I don't, I don't have any uh, first-round leader bets in there right now uh Wes what's the rest of your card look like yeah and and look I'll probably have some top 20s on uh or and tens on Jason Day as well mm -hmm. the uh the I'll have that out later tonight those top 10s and 20s and 40s and all that stuff but Cameron Young uh, at 21 to 1 not a great price here but 
I think he just fits the profile. He's big and yeah. long. Uh, uh, Paul Tesori on the bag always had a really good track record with Webb Simpson here, but Webb Simpson was never really long enough off the tee to win at a big, at a big golf course like this. Uh, Young has played really well on these classical golf courses d- designs. You know, Riviera, he was second last year in this event at TPC Potomac behind the uh, aforementioned Max Homa. So I think he could go well here. Victor Hovland, now Victor Hovland's like the popular play out there in, in, the, in the golf tipster world. Uh, third on debut here in 2021 second and scrambling uh uh for that event just behind uh McElroy but I think that this could be the spot for for Victor Hovland because he's been looking for that signature win in the states he's been second at Bay Hill he was second at Torrey in 2021 he was third at Muirfield he's been fourth and fifth the last two or two of the last three years at Riviera so he's good on these classical designs. Remember McElroy, that was his breakthrough win in the States in 2010. Maybe it's the same for Hovland. Mentioned Thomas earlier, also mentioned Burns. Uh, uh, Sahith Thigala at 52 to 1. This is his debut at this event. So you're always a little gun shy about a guy on debut, but I think he hits that booming fade off the tee, which I think is really the preferred shot here. Uh, and plus, he's very long. You look at what he's done this year, ninth at the Masters, fifth at the RBC Heritage, fourth at the Farmers out at Torrey Pines, sixth at the Genesis at Riviera. He's proven that he can compete with the Gaines best in really big events, and I think he could do the same. I actually, you mentioned Tom Kim, Matt. I actually have the gala in a matchup over Tom Kim. I think a lot of people kind of like Tom Kim because he was so good at the President's Cup. That's kind of like where a star was born, I guess, uh, because of his energy and kind of kept that international team breathing at least until Sunday uh, on this golf course last year. And then two at 75 to one, uh, Keith Mitchell, uh, third and eighth here, last two appearances here at Quail Hollow, third off the tee, seventh in driving distance gain, I know he was kind of a little bit off on the weekend, unfortunately for me, having him and Sunjay in New Orleans, but I think he can rebound here. And then also another guy who I had actually that was the leader after 54 holes with Bo Hosler, Wyndham Clark, 75 to one, three top sixes in the last five events. He's getting really close. Now you worry, has he played too much golf and does a guy just kind of burn out at yeah. some point? Maybe that could be Wyndham Clark, but Six on approach, last 36 rounds, uh, and the only guys ahead of him, I think, were like Rory, Finau, Morikawa, and Shafley. So if you're right there with those guys on approach, you're doing something right. So I took a shot at Wyndham Clark at 75-1. to The only long shot I'm looking at I probably will end up adding is Cam Davis. It's another guy that was, mm-hmm. as if you look at the short-term stuff, because he was also kind of coming off of – off of an injury, um, he is looking a lot, lot better of late, and I kind of want to be ahead of that before these numbers get, like, catching up to how well he's playing. And so I think it, as a triple-digit type guy, if I wanted a bomb, I think his game is certainly could, could kind of fit the mold here with everything. Wes, I, I was with – listen <sighs> – Vic and and Young were were both high in my models as well, and it's just I guess with one of those deals where I would I think I'll probably end up having some sort of placement market stuff on those guys. I yeah. guess I'm I guess I'm willing to miss out on their first win at these short numbers. Is it like I, I'm okay with like missing out on those 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 first victories? You at feel the like they should first. be twenty five or thirty? Yeah, because I I do too, and and that was kind of the the cruddy thing about not having Rom and or yeah. Scheffler in this field is. 
all these numbers were just so condensed. I know uh, uh, Jeff Feinberg, who uh, uh, is on the uh, Pat Mayo experience, uh, was uh, kind of uh, mentioning that a little bit too. Like so many of these guys, it's like you just kind of put them in a pot yep. and, you know, see who comes out and they're all similar prices. But uh, I think both of them clearly fit the profile here. Kelly, you and I, just real quick on parting shots here, we yeah. probably bet more on Max Homa than anybody else in, yep. in the whole golf betting space. Neither one of us on him this week, even though he does have a win at this tournament. I got to be honest, just for me, his game is trending in the wrong direction for me right yes. now. And and so I, if I'm going to play these other guys because of their hot hand of recent, I think it would be really crazy for me to say like, oh, and by the way, I still have Max Homa because <laughs> – I'm just going to like ignore all these numbers about how they're, you know, how they're trending recently and stuff. So uh, I have to kind of go with the way I am playing this tournament overall, which is going with these guys that have been playing well of late and kind of trying to have them capitalize on a hot hand with a, that, that doesn't involve Rom and Scheffler. So that's where I'm going with all of this. And so look, if Homa goes out and win, I will tip my cap. I love watching him play. And I think he's a, a great player. Yeah. All stuff like that. But I just think the game is kind of heading in the wrong direction right this second. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, the, the, I don't think it's the time and, and maybe not the right coast to be betting, <laughs> betting him on either. Right. This is uh, I, I'm with you. It's the look, we were, it, it, no matter how the rest of this golf season goes, I think it's going to be tough not for me not to have won money off of Max Homa this mm-hmm. year. So yeah, you, Max, you did a great job. I'm good for right now. Thanks. Uh, I might circle back to you in a, in a month or so. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. The guy that wins this tournament that you will hate yourself that you didn't bet. I'll start Jordan Spieth. I do have a top 20 on Spieth and it's still plus money yeah. plus one Oh five, a top 20 on Jordan Spieth, but he was up there in most of the things I was looking for. I actually think he fits this course pretty well with everything that he does. And again, we keep mentioning he's, he's, if you look at his recent form stuff, it's pretty good. It's at him good. This. Yeah. yeah. And it's so, you he's know, the guy that if he, game. yeah, he's the guy that if he wins, <laughs> I'm going to hate myself. Kelly, do you have a guy that if he wins, you're going to hate yourself? Is it can't lay because you want to bet him so bad? Do I, how do you, how do you, I can't believe it. You know, this is an audio podcast. Did I do it? Has my, have my verbal expressions expressed that? Or is it my face? Cause you're absolutely right. I want to bet him really freaking yeah. bad and I might end up doing, it. I might just end up doing it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I guess it would be him if I didn't, mm-hmm. but Spieth would be up there. I got really close on Spieth too. I got really close real quick. Cause I didn't, I don't, I actually had a couple more bets. I didn't uh, oh, okay. get to, um, I mentioned Shoffley, Sam Burns in the top 20 markets. The other guy, and this kind of goes back to your point, Matt, of kind of hitting guys uh, as they're rising up. Patrick Rogers, he was a guy who was able to hit on in some finishing position markets last weekend over in Mexico. Uh, I played him here top 20 and then in a matchup over Chris Kirk. Um, I mean, kind of two two uh, very kind of different games off the tee there between Patrick Rogers and Chris Kirk. Uh, so ended up going with him in a couple of those tenth at Mexico Open, nineteenth at RBC Heritage, fifth at the Valero. So he's had three really good tournaments in a row. Just hoping to hoping to, to let that continue. And then a couple top tens. These are in the uh, the Kelly Bidlin Hall of Fame money loser guys category. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna go big or go home on Matt, and you might you might have me including Cameron Davis, who is definitely in that Hall of Fame as well. Right. Uh, Gary Woodland and Emiliano Grillo. I don't know if you looked at old Emiliano's putting numbers recently, but oh my God, Emiliano learned how to putt. He is firing <laughs> right now. Um, so yeah, 10 to one and top 10 with him. And then I played Gary at six to one, who of course pops at all the ball strikings uh, stats that we look at. And then 
like, look, man, I didn't have any plans to play him this week, but like, he's a guy who's played well year before he's he pops at all the ball striking stuff. I just need him to make a freaking putt. We'll see if he can get it done. this week. Wes, the guy that wins the tournament that you hate yourself. Jason Day, uh, mm. I almost played him, but Jason Day is just one of those guys I never know how to time right because, you know, he had this kind of run of form last year and then I started to buy in and then he started to play poorly again and then the injuries reared their ugly head. Uh, but look, in the form, I mean, he's he's been terrific. Uh, fifth, ninth, tenth, nineteenth, eighth. He was 39th at, at the Masters, but has taken the last couple weeks off. So I don't know if that's good for him or if he's going to like play a little <laughs> bit more sparingly. Right. Because 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 of the injuries. Look, I had him at the match play and he was three up on Scotty Scheffler, who was the number one in the world guy at the time and the defending champion. And then all of a sudden, you know had to take the allergy pill, uh, which I need to do, by the way, because mine are acting up, but I digress. Uh, so, you know, and 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 it just threw him off. So you never really know with this guy, but he certainly could win. He won here in 2019, uh, and he has played probably, if you just take the entire year of 2023, probably the best golf he's played in a few years. Guys, our full cards will be up over at vsin.com, so be sure and head over there. Anything we end up adding that isn't on the website, head over to our Twitter machine. We will try to keep you updated on that as well. If you haven't done it already, do it right now. You have one last chance. Hit pause, go down, hit the five-star review, and then leave us a couple of kind words. We do appreciate that. Help us climb those charts and get more people listening to long shots here for Wes, for Kelly. Good luck on all your bets at the West Wells Fargo. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.